0: This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about settlement solutions, litigation, mediation, and structured financial security from Ringler, the largest and most experienced company of settlement consultants in the United States. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler's Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, there have been reports across the world of exploding Samsung cell phones, specifically the Galaxy Note 7. Samsung cell phone owners were either getting burned or from explosions, or the explosions themselves were causing severe property damage. And Samsung Electronics then recalled all of its Galaxy Note 7 smartphones in over 10 countries after finding batteries in some of these devices were exploding or catching fire. After the recall, some of the replacement phones to customers were still catching fire, leaving Samsung in a very tough situation. So today on Ringler Radio... We're going to take a look at the recent problems with Samsung cell phones from a consumer protection and litigation perspective. And joining me today to help in that discussion is my co-host, my friend and Ringler colleague, Bob Caples. Bob's the managing associate of our Houston office. And after spending 11 successful years as a structured settlement consultant with another firm, Bob joined Ringler in 2007. So with that, glad you came on board, Bob, and glad you're here as my co-host.
2: Well, thank you, Larry. It's always a pleasure and an honor to be with you, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Terrific. And our special guest today is Gene Stonebarger, founder of Stonebarger Law, APC, in Folsom, California. Gene argued the seminal privacy rights case, Pineda versus Williams-Sonoma, in the California Supreme Court, which issued a unanimous decision in favor of protecting the privacy rights of California consumers. So welcome to the show, Gene, and that sounds like uh, quite a feather in your cap to have done that.
3: Oh, thank you very much, Larry. I appreciate that. Yeah, That's, it was a great experience. No, it had,
1: it had to have been, especially uh, in those California courts. Very interesting. Well, Gene, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and your firm and how you got involved in the Samsung device litigation. It's a quite interesting trip, I'm sure.
3: Sure. Um, well, I grew up in California. Um, all my family is actually in agriculture. Um, when I moved up um, from University of San Diego after I graduated from law school and and, and worked for a firm in Modesto uh, where we represent a lot of agricultural clients. The first case I got put on was representing 500 farmers, and it was a class action. So that got me in the class action in environment, and it, it gave me a skill set. And then I was 28 years old. I opened up um, a firm in 2003 in Sacramento. Um, it was Lindsay and Stoneberger, and started uh, – Prosecuting some class actions, also doing some other work to you know keep the the, the lights on um, during the pendency of the cases. I mean, these cases take anywhere from two to to ten years. Sometimes can be even longer.
1: Mm-hmm. And how about the Samsung device litigation? What what led you into that?
3: Sure. Well, I got a phone call from an attorney uh, who was referring the case to me. Um, Most all of my cases come from other attorney referrals because they know I specialize in class action litigation Mm -hmm. and we do some um, mass tort litigation as well. And so this was a referral from an attorney where uh um, the client was brandon covert and and brandon uh after talking with him tell hearing his story it was it was uh, i was really shocked by it
1: yeah i uh it's uh interesting you mentioned brandon's uh case uh we're going to talk about him specifically a, a little bit later in the show, and uh, I think it's going to be fascinating for the audience to hear all that uh but that's a good uh, intro to uh, where we're going to go today
2: gene uh that is interesting and I- Why don't we start by discussing the issues with the Samsung cell phones, specifically the Galaxy Note 7, the recall of this device, and the ban from airplanes?
3: Right. Right. So what we've seen is a progression um, of of awareness relating to some of the Samsung devices. I mentioned Brandon Colbert's phone. We'll come back to that. That was a, a, an S6 Active. That his phone exploded actually about two weeks before Samsung issued the Note 7s, and they were aware of that, and and they were aware of numerous instances of prior models exploding, heating, uh, overheating, and and burning people and causing all kinds of issues prior to the Note 7. Now, the Note 7 was then released, and over the next 45 days, I think there was approximately 150 incidences reported of the phones exploding. That led into the recall, which, of course, led into replacement Note 7s being issued, which those, re- those replacement phones themselves actually overheated and were exploding. And one instance uh, occurred in uh, southwest Flight in Kentucky, hmm. which I think we've all heard about
1: yeah, you know that's an amazing thing to have not just the the original phones having the explosion but the but the replacement phones also having problems so what kind of injuries and and property damage were you seeing with the were you seeing with these uh, Samsung cell cell phones
3: right, and our complaints uh, list out a history of reports of consumer reports and and so for example you know the consumer product safety commission has reports going back to the S2 and S3 models S4 S5 S6 X7 and, and and numerous examples such as the Galaxy Note 2 became hot and large amount of smoke um and sparks are coming from the phone, leaving burn marks and a hole in the carpet, for instance. Um, and without reading off all of these, I mean, what we see is is a pattern of phones overheating, uh, consumers being burned uh, physically, either in their in their pockets, their pants, um, in their on their hands. We've seen incidences of phones um, burning one's face up to the ear. Kids getting burned playing with the phones. Uh, we all know how much kids love that. And we've heard of incidences of phones exploding that are charging in vehicles and and exploding and, in fact, burning the whole vehicle uh, to the ground. What happened in Florida? And then, of course, the biggest fear, which is phones exploding on airplanes. Now, that that is that raises a real significant issue, and it's an issue that, that uh, you know really crosses over both on air travel and on on the road. and I don't mean to uh, you know be a fear monger, have people really worried that this is going to happen any given second, but the point point is there's a significant risk of it, and that is if you have one of these devices in your vehicle or in the air, you now have not only a responsibility to yourself, but you have a responsibility to other members of the public, right? So you have to keep, you have to keep a real close eye on this. So there's a stigma now associated with having that Samsung phone. And, and, you know, you don't want to be the guy that, that has the phone that explodes, that takes down, you know, an airplane or causes an accident that causes a significant injury or death. And, and that, that's really the, the, my biggest, concern. No question.
1: No question. Well, Gene, that's that's so interesting. And you're right about uh, the responsibility of the public. Uh, I can't imagine driving along in an automobile and all of a sudden the phone starts getting on fire, explodes. And uh, not only am I concerned about the inside of the car, but you know who knows where that steering wheel is going to go when I get uh, jolted like that. So you're right about that. But uh, let's talk about your experiences now with, you, with your client, Brandon Covert, uh, because that Uh, experience with his Samsung device really led to one of your first cases, right?
3: Well, Brandon's case was our first case filed. uh, That was a personal injury action. We have filed um, another personal injury action since since then. And then on the heels of that, we filed a class action relating to the phones uh, that are S6, S7, Note 5 models. So I'll come back to that. But to answer your question about Brandon's situation, yeah, So Brandon went to bed at on August second, and and he plugged his phone in just like I do every night next to my bedstand, and he went to to bed with his wife and a seven month old infant daughter. And at two in the morning, uh, he heard a loud explosion. He he was described as a gunshot. He jumped to his feet. And he saw his Galaxy S6 Active on fire, shooting flames four to five inches high out of the phone. Uh, his room, the room was filling with smoke. His his dresser was on fire, and, and you know, and so he's you know he, he he's obviously panicking that that moment. Um, grabs the, the nearest T-shirt he can find, throws it over his phone grabs the phone, runs it out of the room to try to, you know, keep his wife and child safe and and throws it into the sink in the kitchen. And, I mean, really the whole house was filled with fire. And and what remained of the phone was just a contorted pile of metal plastic glass. And I don't know if you've seen the picture of that phone yet, but it's really something. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that, I mean, it's so bad the smell um, remained for For weeks, and and the dresser, the smell on the dresser itself, and the burn on the dresser itself, remain for uh, for months. Uh, But the trauma remains um, for a lot longer than that, and and uh, because now when you go to bed at night you have to think about is my phone going to explode or, or do I have to worry about this, this harming and bring my house down in the middle of the night? It's the same similar fear of the driving on on an airplane. And the bottom line is consumers shouldn't have to live in fear that they're walking around with a ticking time bomb in their pocket, right? Or that their phone's going to catch on fire in the middle of the night in their home. And unfortunately, like for my, for my client, Brandon covert, he is not a wealthy individual. He can't afford to just, to just throw, you know, uh, the replacement phone away and go buy a, another type of, of, of cell phone, right? He doesn't have $500,000 laying around. I can't, unfortunately, give him money to go do that. Uh, as an attorney, I'm ethically barred from doing anything like that. But uh, so he has to have this fear and he has to have a, a phone to function because, you know, he, Now, in today's society, as we know, I mean, phones are some of the most, if not one of the most, the most intimate objects that you carry, which connects you with the world, connects you with its a computer in your pocket, everything that you know, most of the things you do relates around that phone. Right. So Brandon, uh, you know, needed a replacement phone. Uh, Samsung's response was just, you know, he was told to send the phone back to them and they would send him a replacement. Eventually he was sent a replacement. He was actually charged for the replacement phone. We were able to get AT&T not to charge him for that phone, but nonetheless, he still has the same Galaxy S6 active phone that he does not want to have anymore uh, and and we have a and, and i think a lot of individuals in that same situation whether their phone has blown up or it's not blown up and and what makes the the S6 active uh so uh, well dangerous and similar to the Note 7 is it contains exactly the same battery it's it's got the same 3500 mAh power no
1: question about that bob
2: well, Gene, I tell you, anybody anybody that's listening to can, can conjure up the frightening scenario that uh, Brandon experienced, and uh, that's horrifying um, for any of us to hear. Um, let me ask you: um, It sounds like that Samsung might have a bigger problem on their hands with problems with the other models and the replacement phones.
3: Absolutely. Look, I, Samsung has a, a, a bigger problem on their hands beyond the Note Seven. I know that uh, from my client's phones exploding. They're not Note 7s, right? So I have a client, Brandon, with the Note S6 Active that exploded. And we have a client, uh, Demetrius Martin, that had an S6 Edge that exploded and burned his carpet. And he's one of the plaintiffs on our, our class case. And then we have examples of, of numerous other models that have experienced the same issues. Uh with regard to other models beyond the S6 Active, like I said, that has a 3,500 mAh battery capacity. The same exact battery capacity as the Note 7. Now, the S7 Edge and the S7 Active actually have greater battery capacities, meaning they're stronger batteries. That's the 3,600. For the S7 Edge and, and 3900 for the S7 Active. So in other words, there's there's more powerful batteries that are on the market uh, beyond these 3500 mAh's, and and that's you know significant in that um, you know my opinion and in, in viewing this uh, you know from my lens is that that Samsung, in an effort to compete uh, and, and become the leader in the smartphone market, created Batteries that they manufactured themselves uh, more recently that were self-contained within the phones uh, in the S6, S7, Note 7, Note 5 models, self-contained, they couldn't be removed. But these batteries, uh, lithium-ion batteries that were made to charge faster, last longer, be more powerful, ultimately became much more dangerous. And, and the lithium-ion f- uh, fluid that contained the batteries when it heats up to a certain temperature, it starts uh, flaming and searching for oxygen. And that's what creates the, the, the enclosed bomb where you have, you know, flame looking for oxygen in an in in enclosed cell. And, and so that's a, you know that, that that's the ten. I mean that's my view of the technical issue on it and, and and now we Samsung and all all you know manufacturers that utilize lithium ion batteries they know the lithium ion batteries are dangerous As consumers don't necessarily appreciate that risk they're not told about it always um and they weren't told about it in the Samsung situation however those the lithium-ion batteries are dangerous, and so you know a lot of manufacturers put in safety precautions, both software and hardware, uh, redundant methodologies to prevent an overheating and prevent an explosion like this.
1: You, you know, uh, Gene, it's it's easy to sit back and hear about the Samsung uh, s- smartphone issues and the battery problems and the explosions, and somehow. Have this broad indictment of of Samsung as a company, but you know I have a Samsung TV. I know a lot of people that do, and you may even have some. And uh, you know, I think as a company, it, we've got to be careful not to indict the entire company for for this issue that obviously needs to be dealt with.
3: You know, I have Samsung TVs in my home. In fact, all uh, three out of four of my TVs are Samsung TVs, and I've always viewed Samsung as a as an exceptional product. The uh, and, and I'm not sure that there's any issues with the, with the TVs or any other products other than there there's smartphones. Um, so. You know, as a company, the whole Samsung, of course, has been a very successful company. They're one of the wealthiest companies in the world. They have huge successes um, beyond their their smartphones, although they do have over 22% of the smartphone market worldwide. That's double the next highest, which is Apple at
2: 11%. Gene, it seems that Samsung is still selling cell phones despite documented explosions. Can they do that legally? Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Right. Well, if you you look back at the Note Seven scenario, you know Samsung became under uh, you know, a lot of pressure from the U.S. government to issue the recall, and and they did that, and and that was also in conjunction with the U.S. government and the and and the Federal Aviation Authorities, uh, you know, refusing to allow and actually preventing Note Seven devices from being even being allowed on on the plane. So it you know, it takes government pressure and here, you know, the results of, hopefully the results of our litigation will cause Samsung to recall um the models at issue that were that we haven't listed in our complaint, which are the S 6s six edge, S six edge plus, S 7s six active, S seven edge, S seven active, and the Note five. Those those particular Galaxy and and S and Note series models are problematic because they have similar dangerous lithium-ion batteries. Um, Samsung has not identified the root source of the problem, therefore has not uh, indicated what the fix is for the problem. And each of the models that I've listed out contain batteries that are self-contained within the device. The, The prior models, S5, S4, going down... Those had batteries that were removable, so you could take the batteries actually out of the phone if you felt like it was overheating or something. You don't have that option with the with these, and and so it, that requires a recall of the entire device rather than a recall of just the battery itself. And and, and frankly, we don't know that, it, that that just to recall the battery itself, uh, even on those other devices, uh, would be sufficient because we don't. Know, Samsung has not yet identified the root source of the problem. Uh, as far as, you know, what they say it is.
1: That, that's really the essence of this whole issue is what is the real problem? Uh, it's obviously a battery issue. We know that. But uh, we don't know whether it's because it's permanently in there and can't can't breathe, so to speak, or, or, or some other issue. So I'm sure that'll uh, come out in the litigation that you, you're really involved with here. So let's take a quick break right now and be back in a minute right here on Ringler Radio with our special guest, Gene Stonebarger. We'll be right back.
0: This is Ringler Radio, brought to you from Ringler, the nation's leading provider of fair settlement solutions. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler advisors work with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. Everybody wins. There's a Ringler consultant in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experienced experts in the settlement business than Ringler. Check out our website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for injured parties, attorneys, and claims professionals to find the Ringler advisor nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best, most objective financial plan. You can count on Ringler Advisors to create a customized plan that meets the financial needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more.
1: Well, welcome back to Ringler Radio, everyone. Glad you could join us. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Bob Caples from Ringler's Houston, Texas office. And our special guest, Gene Stonebarger, founder of Stonebarger Law, APC, in Folsom, California. And of course, we're discussing the explosion issues surrounding Samsung cell phones and the litigation stemming from these defective products. And, uh, Gene, what are we going to see in the future? How does that look? Uh, are we going to see a lot more cases? Do you, do you sense that this is kind of the tip of the iceberg, or, or right, are we in the middle of the process?
3: Oh, I definitely think we're at the beginning of the process. Uh, I think it is the tip of the iceberg. You know, more and more phones are overheating, catching fire, and exploding around the world every day. So it's bringing more attention to the issue. Uh, you know, as far as litigation goes, it remains to be seen how many you know additional cases will be filed. You know, from the class action perspective, uh, you know, we're representing a class of California consumers. Uh, although uh, you know, I, I expect though there would be some other cases filed in other states. And then from the perspective of the personal injury cases, uh, you know, that's in, anyone that has a phone that has caught on fire, exploded, and harmed them, you know, in their personal being, whether they've been burned or or uh, or otherwise injured. Then they'll have an individual claim against against Samsung for you know strict liability, manufacturing defects, etc. And so, however many of those cases are filed, ultimately these cases will be centralized, and and uh, the the court system will determine where they get sent and which judge oversees the processes. So that's where we are right now at the beginning of that process to see what happens ultimately with the the coordination of of any additional cases that were filed.
2: Gene, uh, since your initial contact with uh, anything related to these Samsung devices to this point, where undoubtedly you've done a lot of homework, due diligence into learning about these products and the the consequences of what they can create, I'm kind of curious, have you made a determination of what Samsung should have done differently?
3: Well, just generally, I mean, as far at at this point, uh, what I think Samsung should have done differently with regard to the recalls is recall all of the, the models of the Galaxy S and Note series. Um, however, I mean, going back in time, you know, with 2020 vision, what Samsung should have done differently with regard to how they build their phones and design their phones. I mean, all I can speak to is from a general st- standpoint, which is um, number one, don't put dangerous products in the market that have the potential for exploding to so do more testing. I mean, just as an aside and uh, you know, there, there was no note six model It went from note five, to note seven. So I don't know, maybe they did testing on the note six and it didn't come out well. However, um, the note seven did come out and, and, and they obviously uh, either uh, did not do sufficient testing on the product, or they did do testing and they knowingly put a dangerous product out on the market. Either way, they knew that there was a significant risk of of danger on this product. And so, what they really needed to do at the front end, at at the very least, was put disclosures on the on the products which which highlight and explain to consumer there's a, a substantial risk of, or at least I should say there is a risk of substantial injury, right? So there might not be, maybe there's only a 1% chance of the phone exploding, but you don't want to take that chance, right? If you're letting your kid play with it, or if you're, if you're going into the public with, with the phone, there's, even if there's a very small percentage of, of, of my phone acting like it's a bomb in my pocket, I don't want to want to take on that. I don't want to take on that risk, right? So I'm not going to ever purchase that product. Um, whereas maybe someone would, but they're going to pay a, a lot less for it, right? Uh, so anyway, that that's those are some of the things I think Samsung uh, should have done and could have done differently from the from the beginning.
1: Sure, sure, and uh, you're right. Uh, the decision of whether to, you know, what phone to buy and why to buy it. I mean, this is this is what's really important about what you, people like you do in the in the legal arena. You you bring these product issues to our attention, to the public's attention. And hopefully it'll solve uh, or prevent a lot of other people from getting injured. But let me let me wrap this up now by asking your advice uh, about anyone who might already have been injured because of a defective Samsung device, or if the device caused some property damage, or or someone gets into a a problem with the phone. What, what's your advice to those people? What should they do?
3: Well, I mean. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to talk with, or staff in my office would be happy to talk with anyone that contacted us, um, either my firm, that's stonebarkerlaw.com, or my co-counsel inside of a Burlingame, the San Francisco um, Bay Area, that's Cachette, Petrie, and McCarthy. Um, or if you're outside of California, uh, you could always uh, contact an attorney within your jurisdiction first, or if, if you don't know of one, you know, we have an a, a, Attorneys around the country that, that we know that are, that are good attorneys that we've worked with previously on, on cases. So, you know, I think that if you've been injured, you need to take some steps to protect your legal rights and to, to make sure that you recover for those injuries. Um, if you haven't been injured and you have a, a phone uh, that they're concerned about, uh, then. You can move forward and talk to some attorneys about the potential of of a case on that front. But with regard to Californians, they would once the class is certified in our case, meaning a judge says, "Yeah, this moves forward as a class of action," all those individuals in California would be included under our in our case already. You wouldn't have to actively sign that.
1: Well, that's a, that's good advice for for anyone out there that has had a problem, and of course, anyone out there who hasn't had a problem but is thinking about buying a a, a smartphone. Uh, You've been uh, you know, forewarned here by Gene and, and others uh, on, on what, the, what some of the dangers are of, of these devices. And uh, you know, technology is great, but you gotta, we got to constantly be vigilant about how sometimes it can get a little out of hand. Well, Gene, if someone wanted to contact you by – I'm sure you have a website. Uh, that would probably be a good place to start. What is, what is your website?
3: Sure. My website is stonebargerlaw.com, and you can find all of our information on that. Terrific. That's, so, that's easy. Very easy. and uh, That's easy, yeah.
1: No question. And Bob, if someone wanted to talk to you about structured settlements or uh, talk to you generally about any of these issues, how would they get a hold of you?
2: Thanks, Larry. They could always find me on my uh, bio page on com, and by reaching me at area code 281. Nine three seven nine zero nine
1: zero. Terrific. And uh, anyone out there that wants to reach any Ringler Associate all around the country to deal with structured settlements, you can always find us on RinglerAssociates.com. It's a great website. I encourage you to go there. It's got a lot of great information about a lot of different subject matters. And uh, in the meantime, uh, if you want to listen to a Ringler radio show, not only this radio show, but any of the radio shows we've done, and we've done hundreds of them on great topics. You can find them on ringlerassociates.com, or you can find them on ringlerradio.com, legaltalknetwork.com, or you can go to iTunes where you can download uh, this particular show, for example, and listen to it at your leisure on your smartphone. But we know which one you're not going to listen to it on, don't we now? (laughs) So with that, that, I want to thank you very much, Gene, for being a special guest. Thanks again for all your great information.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate
1: it. And, Bob, again, thanks for being a great co-host.
2: Thanks, Larry, for having me. I appreciate
1: it. And for the rest of you out there, go out and have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Celebrating more than a decade of podcasting and over 2 million listeners. Think of Ringler, the objective settlement advisors with more than 140 consultants in 60 cities nationwide. Visit RinglerAssociates.com today.